Welcome to For the Culture Podcast, where we and our guests discuss our lived experiences in science. This podcast explores how our work and mere presence impact our culture today. This podcast is an unfiltered conversation and really more of a therapy session where we can vent and um, hopefully the audience can benefit from our experiences. This podcast provides a platform for young, educated black men to discuss their development as individuals, scientists, and community leaders in order to help and improve our culture. I haven't seen y'all forever, man. We out here. We out here. Thanks. It's been a long time. Hope everybody's had a great week, man. This week has been crazy for me, but it's always crazy, so there's nothing nothing new for me. <laughs> but no, I totally I, agree. I'm Every excited, day. man. I'm excited, man. Every time I get a chance to get on this call with you guys to talk about science or whatever it is, whatever topic mm-hmm. we're talking about today, uh, it's always a good, good conversation. So, yes. That's good. Therapy. What y'all fellas been up to, man? How's everybody living? Man, uh, just trying to catch up on. I feel like I'm always catching up on work and always cleaning up the house. Like always lab. trying to keep in touch with people or keep or cleaning the lab. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, like oh, it's always something. Always something to do. But I mean, no, I mean, like you know, Lauren said though, you know, you gotta make make time for this. You know, so I, I'm, I'm always gonna make time for this. You know, so you know, despite. Yeah. Like, we said, like, like we said in the in the pre-show, life is, is short, so <laughs> you got to make make, make time for the things that matter. So, big fact, big fact. definitely got to fit it in there, man. This week has been insane. Like the summer is always has been a little interesting. The past two few summers have been interesting because, like, I feel like if I don't make a good plan to get things done in the summer, I can easily let that summer pass by real quick. And then, like you see, in the fall, and then you like, yo, what have you produced? So, I'm trying to like, oh my god, I'm trying to be like as thoughtful and but <laughs> but realistic at the same time. Like, I gotta like put in time for myself. You know, it's summertime. You know, we gotta get out there and live our lives a little bit. But you know, there being a third year PhD, like you gotta, you know, start thinking about the next step. Like this is kind kind of that point where we gotta start thinking about, okay, if I get this done at this time, then I need to be thinking about applying for this job here and Man. doing or maybe a postdoc oh, here cool. versus like industry oh, man, it's man. getting to a point where i don't want to tell people like what i'm doing and then it's like oh, okay so what are you doing next like you know because because it's all right because now we're <laughs> like you said we're in year three you know um and uh yeah so it's like okay so what are you doing next like you know, so, okay. When do you finish? Like, uh, oh man, the dreaded. It's, like, it's always, it's always the same. I mean, but it makes like, it, but that, but like, if you didn't know any better, like, that's what you would ask too. Cause that's that's what makes logical sense. Is okay. Well, someone sounds like they should be towards the end of something. So, you know, I should ask them, what are they doing next? You know, when are you gonna be done? You know, but um, yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> All right, let I me stop. Let, let me stop di- digressing on things that aren't part of the actual topic. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I definitely understand. Like that summer grind, I feel uh, just like Lauren said, it can get away from you really quickly. 
um, if you don't really notice it. Uh, it's like a three month little window. You're supposed to get a break. You're supposed to live life still, but you know, it's kind of like the jump on how are things gonna fall for the rest of the year. I always say June is oh, right. yeah. halfway through the well. calendar. Oh, so what's good? What I gotta get done next? And evaluating what went wrong uh, in the beginning of the year. So that's also a little yeah. stressful. But I gotta remember know. to do that. I I tend to forget to to look right. back and see like what I did. <laughs> kind of just keep going yeah. forward. Like just keep moving forward. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. even look to the side or behind, <laughs> but I need to. I have to. I have to. Uh, it just builds. I feel like it builds better like habits. You get to see how far you've come. Um, and I think for me, the biggest point of looking back kind of like over the first couple of months, and I'm honestly just kind of like adopted this um, this way of kind of approaching things probably because of my job now. Uh, with industry, we have like a goal statement for my company that you kind of make up at the beginning of the year. And it stipulates what you're going to do um, research-wise, you know, networking and building and how do you kind of like feed into the company's goals of what a well-rounded uh, individual employee should look like. And mm. so you submit this in January with your manager and, you know, you kind of go over what you're going to do. So, for instance, this year I started we're going to take some classes you know, outside of my post-op experience, which I just signed up for. So I was going to say, yeah, this summer is a little weird for me too because I'm trying to work, I'm trying to chill, but I'm also, I just started classes this week um, <laughs> in this immunology program. So yeah, man, I'm just trying to like get it done. But again, back to what I was saying, I signed up in my goals um, that, you know, I would do a certain thing at a certain time um by six months and then mid six months you kind of have an evaluation with your manager again to see what needs to be changed what have you kind of accomplished um what are you looking forward to do just kind of like a reassessment on what's you know what's important and what's next um so yeah that's just kind of where I'm at mentality wise but like I said too it's the summer and I kind of want to, you know, I don't want to get so caught up in work and all of these goals that I forget to take the time out. And that's something I think in previous episodes I've said I've struggled with, you know, even during my PhD. So just trying to evaluate, stay positive, but also be realistic. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how this the rest of the summer goes. <laughs> but I'm trying hey. to avoid burnout, as it is right now, just trying to avoid burnout and stay, you know, Stay grounded, ten toes in this. Nah, right. <laughs> you a whole doctor. It's time to flex. Lack of, uh, lack of better right. phrase, lack of better phrase than ten toes. Because I'm thinking, like, uh, also what I want to do within the next year. Um, like I said, this is a short program that I'm involved in, and I'm trying to see, you know, what opportunities will be before me. Um, at the end of that, and then there's a couple of things, life-wise, goal-wise, I'm trying to do too. So it's just interesting to see how kind of everything plays out um and yeah uh, we'll see we'll see stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> all right stay tuned <laughs> i think uh it's interesting at least at the midpoint of the phd program you kind of get to the point where you're deciding if you want to stay in academia or move on to like government or even industry i maybe even put government within industry academia or industry so like I don't know, Ian, since you are the 
the one who's kind of <laughs> gone through the gone through the fire all the way through and came out came out better. Um, maybe you could talk about if you thought about going into or how, what kind of choices did you make to decide you want to be a postdoc? Okay, yes. Uh, so I'm gonna be completely and utterly and probably uh, untainted, uncensoredly, and say uh, during my PhD experience, I saw some of the experiences that other postdocs were having, and it scared the crap out of me. Uh, um, to be honest with you, and I yeah. think every PhD student, in some way or some shape or some some facet, sees like another postdoc's experience or hears about it or they just look at the lifestyle that they have. That's whether you're in academia or yeah. industry. I'm a postdoc as a postdoc. Let's just keep it honest and keep it real. Um, but yeah, so you look at those experiences from people around you. You also are looking at, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to do when you finish? And evaluating how you're going to get there. Um, so yeah, so for me, uh, <laughs> in my research experiences, like in my internships, I you know, had some times where I could see, you know, what was the lifestyle of the career of people who were choosing to do a postdoc or, you know, what was the next step in academia? What does that look like? Um, if you're in academia or industry, uh, you tend to either go entry level um, for industry or you do a postdoc um, in academia. And in academia, that postdoc can be anywhere from a year to however many years, let's just say around four or five years from what I've seen. Um, and then within that time, you're really just grinding to beef up on your, you know, your manuscript load and also showing that you can be a multifaceted person. If you're trying to go into academia, you're showing that you can teach classes, you can mentor other students. And I think mentoring other students specifically in the lab um, probably is a key component of most postdoc programs uh, because, again, it's more so you're someone that you could teach and that you're contributing to the diversity of science um, and the achievements that come after that and all that good stuff. Uh, but, yeah, um, in the industry, uh, from what I've experienced so far, it's not too – it's not really too much different. Um, I think we were talking often uh, off air just as uh, the fellas you know, we're saying that uh, with industry, there's a lot of like fitting in schedules. And I think the hardest thing that I didn't know about it going into it was evaluating how was, how was I going to get work done around like being in meetings and all these talks. Now that comes in a two-faceted way. You have a lot of opportunities to hear about what the company or what uh, government facility or wherever you're doing your postdoc, you learn about a lot of the things that go on there. But you're also having a lot of opportunities to present your research as well. And um, I think that's an awesome thing to do, but it's also daunting where you're trying to get stuff done in the lab and, you know, make sure that you're presenting your best formats for everything, of course, and, you know, still learning the ropes. And I think that's very similar to what a postdoc in academia kind of goes through as well, because you're trying to develop a track to say, hey, I could be one day a tenured professor if that's what your goal is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really see a whole lot of differencing. I just think there's more, like I said, more of a push towards like administrative roles. Um, and I think that actually does kind of happen in academia in a different way. Um, from the postdocs that I've seen, that could be 
you know, more clerical responsibilities, whether that's like ordering things for the lab, learning how to be a good manager. Um, and that's something that I also, you know, would like to say, uh, I'm thinking about even taking a project management course, just because I think we already kind of do that, you know, within your degree, even as a student, you do that thinking about your purchases and organizing and designing a project. That's literally what project management is and why not get certified. But that's a whole nother discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just a lot of manage, uh, managing things. And I think that gets echoed here in industry as well. Like I'm responsible for ordering my own supplies and knowing what, you know, what should be my next step in the experiment. And I'm the front face for whatever idea I'm producing. Um, and I think that's pretty much parallel with what happens in academia for what I've seen um, in a postdoc. So I don't think they're two, two different, uh, just different faces to it, I would say. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, I think for, <laughs> for, for me, um, the academia route kind of never took hold that strongly for me. Um, I think mostly has a lot to do with the fact that at my institution, I don't have to teach if I don't want to. And um, I know with other uni major universities um, that have, you know, undergrad and uh, master's programs, they you know, one of the requirements for you to be a, a PhD student is to, at some point, you got to teach a course. And also being a postdoc, you're definitely going to be running a lab and just, you're just that much higher above the people under you. So since I don't have to do that, which I'm kind of grateful for, but I mean, I think I would have been a pretty good teacher, but at the same time, everybody that I, like you, you're kind of echoing, a lot of people that I saw that were in the academic um track it was a little bit a little bit of a you know a free for not a free for all but like very cutthroat and very yeah. quickish and I, get, I mean industries like that too <laughs> but you know there's there's so few of us in that and i understand some of the pipelines to get there but there's like a lot of leaks i feel within that pipeline and i've fell out of that pipeline because uh i'm looking more into industry because i feel i have more freedom to use the knowledge I have with, for, with my PhD and to do various things. Whereas I think, and I could be wrong, but with the, with the postdoc and going the tenured route, I kind of have to focus on that particular frame of research because that's where all my grants are being built upon and that's where my research is going. So if I decide to go someplace, do another kind of research, then I have to justify why I'm switching my topic or my, my background. So. I don't know. I think an industry gives me more flexibility, more ability to market myself in different ways and to use different skill sets and make more money. Ultimately. Right. <laughs> hey, that sounds like uh, <laughs> that checks off pretty much <laughs> on my list. All right, all right. Enough of this uh, industry circle jerking. That, uh, uh, <laughs> Let me let me speak up for academia a, 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 a little bit. So, uh, and actually, I just heard this thanks to Lawrence for that podcast again. Um, but one of the people they were one of the, one of the MSLs they were interviewing for the podcast was discussing how um, I think just uh, something about either I think like some main strengths and skills that they tend to want their MSLs to have and um, all right. So what 
what they were talking about was how to answer interview questions in a way where you're like framing what you do around like the message that you want to send, you know, and, and answering whatever the question is, but like, regardless of whatever the question is, you want to make sure that you're, you know, per, per pointing whatever your point is essentially. And so, um, he was saying that as it pertains to, so, so he was given a, a illustrated example, um, one of which being um, like, so if you were, a P, if you're a PhD student and, and you were teaching or whatever, um, while, while, while you were a student, then you can use that by teaching experience as proof that, you know, you, that you should have the, have the skills to talk to, um, you know, you know KOL, KOLs and other like industry leaders and, and, and what have you about science in a way that's simple, you know, that um, if they, if they have a, a um, thorough background in what you're talking about or not, they'll, they should still be able to um, latch on to what you're talking about. You know, if, if you have those, those skills, just to kind of like explain science on a real um, basic level and, and also to kind of um, talk about it on, on a, on a, on a higher level also. Um, but he was saying, well, if you have teaching experience and you can use that as a example of, of you having that, that, that skill, you know, to, to talk to a bunch of different people, you know, um, some who have, <clears throat> who have extensive science background, some who, who might, who might still be leaders um, in, in some way or sponsors in some way in that field, but they, but they don't have the same extensive science background as a, as a teacher, you, you should, you should at least be able to um, better kind of, kind of bridge that that gap for individuals and, um, you know, you should be able to explain that as a transferable skill, you know? And so that's one thing I would say with academia is there are a number of tra transferable skills that, you know, I mean, I, I just spoke some about the public speaking and about um, getting better at explaining what your, what your point is and uh, things of that nature. But also in, in academia, at least for me, like, I definitely learned how to really grind, you know, and because um, like everybody in academia is smart for the most part, you know. But what, but what can 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 separate you, or not so much separate you, but just help you be your your best self at the at the end of the, the day is how much effort, you know, how much blood blood sweat and uh, tears that you're willing to put into what you're doing in that in that moment, you know. Um, and so I always say that academia definitely teaches you how to, whether you love what you're doing or whether you frankly don't, you know, how to at least put, you know, one foot in front of the other every day, you know, no matter how painstaking it might be, you know, but uh, it does teach you that, or, or it does teach you that grit and that, and that grind that's kind of push through things. So that's one thing I would say just in, in, or two things in defense of academia, one on the public speaking and, you know, and, and the, uh, honing, honing your, your, your skills at telling, at, at telling a, a story and telling your story and, and trying to purport what you want your, your, your audience to come away with learning and secondarily on the grit grind. But then I guess industry does that too because it's so fast paced. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> industry is, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's pretty much like the, like I was saying, it's so parallel because I think it's just a different format or a different setting, but it's pretty much the same thing. Because uh, even in my postdoc meetings, like we have uh, a postdoc, a big postdoc meeting 
once a month and it's pretty much like a committee meeting that you would have, you know, in academia or as a postdoc, you know, um, in certain in certain situations as a postdoc in academia, you have a committee as well, depending on like what fellowship um, program you're in or how it's structured. But it's the same thing, like like you said, you having to have that skill to speak up and having chances to step in rooms to give little certain uh, sponsored talks. Like uh, on Fridays, we have in my department, um, I work in a biotherapeutics department for uh, small molecules, no, for large molecules, excuse me. And, um, <laughs> and we have like on Fridays, a huge, different lab huge difference, <laughs> huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, uh, we, we, on Fridays, we have um, little like, uh, pretty much like a uh, departmental meeting and a different lab will come up and talk about what they're specifically working on, like, for the portfolio or for a pipeline and it's a chance for them to get feedback from not only you know their colleagues but also the vps are there and they're saying okay well what's the feasibility and you hear that a lot you know more than i thought but honestly from my phd experience with my committee that was something that was like driven home to me too what's the takeaway what makes this research stand out and like kofi said academia does build you towards that and learning that it, that is a transferable skill, I think you're already ahead of the game, like understanding that, hey, that that has value, you know, and I'm glad that outlet was able to, you know, transmit that information to you. I'm glad you're learning it too. And that's something I'm still learning too. Like, what do I have on this paper or from my academic experience that makes me an asset or, you know, what helps me stand out from others when it comes to research or, speaking engagements and knowing that those assets are again transferable so I think that's that's dope and concept overall but uh but yeah there's so many similarities um I think the funding is the biggest difference and that's something that you know obviously uh from industry you don't necessarily like take into mind um but yeah you don't have to like necessarily apply for funding and uh to be honest to combat that I'm like taking some grant writing classes as well and still looking for experiences to, you know, make sure I can back up those skills as well. And even from academia, I would suggest that you find industry connects to learn how those skills, again, are transferable um, that you're doing. Like you said, managing a lab there here, I'm more so managing myself. But it's if I would have had, you know, to contribute, that's something I learned, you know, from my PhD experience and I'm, you know, I think academia does prepare you for that too. You know, some of the stuff is grunt work, being the person who takes out the trash for the lab or helps with the purchasing of certain products, the inventory right. first. Oh, I need to do that. Even spend spend some of this grant money actually. Facts. So yeah. Facts. I definitely do that. But those skills, I feel like, become even more crucial when I when I came to industry because in my lab, I came from a bigger lab. We had about four or five different people, well, four or five different students at one time, and then another three or four different postdocs. So, you know, responsibilities were shared like a family almost. Yeah. It's really weird. But, you know, like, hey, little kids do <laughs> this chore, that chore. Oh, sorry, wrong. The, uh, the little kids do this chore, that chore, and, um, you know, everybody can uh, collaborate to get stuff done. Same situation, right. but uh, in industry now, it's more so, okay, I got to be the one who orders my supplies, even though I'm on a team. So <laughs> I do collaborate with ordering, you know, like certain things if there's something me and another person are using. But 
you know, I'm, I'm in charge of talking to the field application scientist or the engineer if I have questions about a machine and why it doesn't work. And I've seen the postdocs who trained me, they did stuff like that for the lab too. Um, so like I said, it's a lot of paralleling, but you're kind of more so in a, okay, I got to get this element done for my project. And however that collaborates with the team, then that's cool. But like I said, I'm kind of on my own to an extent, not to say that my advisor doesn't like play into that, but the responsibility is on you to get things done for your project. And that's the different, you know, mindscape to come from. Cause I, I to be honestly got, you know, a little, uh, little spoiled. <laughs> Cause I could just say, Hey, we need to order this kit. I found this online. <laughs> right. I got my professor's yeah. approval for us to purchase this. Can we order this such and such postdoc? And they'd be like, yeah. yeah, you know, such and such, this and this and that. But it depends on your experience too, because I've seen in other labs, you know, if you don't have a postdoc there, then you are a postdoc and a student at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you exactly you to that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. But that's transferable. Like you said, I think that's if anybody takes anything from today's talk, like transferable skills, y'all have them from academia to industry and get with somebody in industry so you can learn how to market that, how to put that on a CV because that looks different, you know, and that's that's something I had to learn too. Um, some of these programs like you two gentlemen are in currently, um, you know, they foster some of those ideas and they give you some more of those networking opportunities to find people who, you know, specialize in CV building for uh, <laughs> the sponsor for a CV building and for, you know, networking. And I just say, take, take all those opportunities into account. And also as a student, um, ask your PI, like who is his connect? When you go to a conference, like if you see somebody talking to your PI, you know, ask them who is that or see if you can find a way to meet those people too. And don't think like meeting someone at a conference, even if they're coming up to your poster, that can't be something that'll launch you into a whole new door, you know. Um, and I also say lateral networking. I think a big thing that we forget about that honestly got me into industry as well is lateral networking. Like all the time, it's not about a professor yes, or yep. some big super rep at a company that one of us knows. It's more so knowing your friend and, you know, yep. he has a connect and he knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So it's not all the time just knowing somebody that's already there. Like, find those people that are beside you. That's how I found out about uh, certain programs. I guess it's okay to say uh, SMDP. Like, that's how I found out through my other colleagues in the lab and, you know, other people who have been at Morehouse and having that experience and how that worked for them. That yeah, launched big shout outs there to them, you know, maybe we get right, sponsorship yeah. in the future. Big shout out, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. From all, from all three of us. Right. right here. Sponsored all three of us, right. ICPD. ICPD out here, Check them out, you know what I'm saying? You ain't doing nothing. You at home, you ain't got nothing to do. Get out the couch. What are you doing with this? Right. Sitting in the lab doing nothing? What? What are you doing? <laughs> and on that note, like... Nah, but I think the moral... Call it, call it quits. What I got from, like, everybody's discussion is that, you know, there's a lot of transferable skills, whether it be industry or academia, but, you know, take advantage of these learning opportunities. If they come up, learn about it. You, you may learn that you don't like it, so then that'll be your choice, but don't turn on opportunities. 
Facts, facts. And then know what's best for you too. Also, like I said, that lateral networking thing goes in so many different ways because not every opportunity that comes across you or that you hear about is for you. Research it for what your goals are, what your intentions are, what you need to get to the next step and be able to walk away from certain things, like pray on it. You know, like I said, line it up with your goals, your purpose. The rest will follow. Thanks for listening to For The Culture Podcast with your hosts, Ian, Kofi, and Lawrence. If you're new here, don't forget to click that subscribe button and follow us on social media. Help us grow by liking and sharing this episode with your family and friends. Hey, that's all for this episode. See you next time.